Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and you're tuning in to Therapy in a Nutshell here on KCNR 96.5 FM, 1460 AM, your talk radio. Today we're going to be talking about one of the most difficult emotions that we can feel as human beings, and that is the emotion of betrayal. And I don't say that lightly because betrayal is a huge issue, much bigger than you might think. Almost everyone you know, and most likely yourself as well, has had periods of time where they felt betrayed. Today we're going to talk about what is betrayal, how you feel when it happens, how does it alter you in your life, and how do you recover from betrayal? Because that's the real secret. In my 34 years of private practice as psychologist here in Northern California, uh, I see people who have never recovered from betrayal. They will talk about um, their husband having an affair 35 years ago. They'll talk about their sibling leaving them 10 years ago. They will hold the deep and horrible emotions of betrayal almost as if it just happened. So if you're doing that and you, there's things in your life that you have never let go of or have not been able to let go of, you're not alone. It's a very common emotional thing with betrayal. So let's talk for a minute about what exactly is betrayal. Because we, we kind of think we know, but it's more complicated than you might believe. Betrayal is when one person per- perceives that another person is creating a deliberate act of disloyalty. Very seldom do we think something that's accidental or we know is unintentional. Very seldom do we assign betrayal to that. We might be angry or frustrated or irritated that somebody made a mistake. But betrayal happens when we feel that it is deliberate or purposeful. And it begins to feel like a violation of a trust. So where does this trust come from? Is it an agreed upon trust with another person or is it what in my head I call a perceived trust. We never said it out loud, but we had a quiet, unexplained agreement that we would not betray each other. Now, sometimes the trust that's betrayed is very overt. It's a contract. It's a marriage agreement. It's a business contract. It's something where you absolutely agreed to behave in a certain way, and then somebody didn't, and they feel betrayed. So... Is the deception that's happening purposeful? When it does feel like that, people say they feel betrayed. Another another way people feel betrayed is when someone says one thing but does another. They feel duped or uh, like they were lied to. Uh, breaking or violating a contract, um, even a presumptive contract that, you know, I thought that we were going to do this, I thought we'd agreed upon this, and then you went and did that, that can feel like a betrayal. Um, putting yourself or others ahead of the person you have the agreement with. So uh, let's say you've got a business agreement with somebody and they put somebody else's financial gain or their uh, business ahead of what you thought was agreed upon with you. That can feel like a betrayal. Let's look at the history of betrayal, though, uh, because this goes way back in time. Uh, One of the original betrayals is Judas betraying Jesus. Another one was Brutus and Cassius betraying Caesar. The famous phrase, et tu, Brute, is Latin for you too, Brutus, also you, Brutus, which 
when Caesar knew that he had been betrayed by Cassius, and then he found out that Brutus has betrayed him also, he felt like he was had a double whammy of betrayal. It, betrayal also comes from, uh, there's a thing called Dante's Inferno, a very, very famous, and it is full of lessons. But Dante talks about nine circles of hell. And one of the absolute worst circles of hell is the ninth circle, and that includes the deadliest of sins, which is betrayal. So there's lighter things that can happen to you that don't feel as heavy, but betrayal is huge. Now, I want to clarify something. Sometimes people mistake truth-telling as betrayal. I, I call that kill the messenger. Sometimes you need to hear the truth about something or it's a truth that you didn't want to know and you feel betrayed because someone told you the truth. Let me give you an example. Let's say somebody's married, a couple is married, and one of the couple, one, the part, one partner comes to the other one and says, I've fallen out of love with you. I need to move on with my life. I haven't had an affair. I haven't done anything wrong. I don't want to be dishonest about this. I just don't want to be here anymore. And can we divide this up amicably? They're trying to tell the truth. They're trying to be upfront and honorable. And the other person feels angry and betrayed and super hurt. Is betrayal an appropriate emotion there? Maybe. They feel like we had a vow to love each other forever and you're breaking that vow. But what happens if that is the truth? They don't love the other one anymore, and they're trying to do that honorably. So sometimes betrayal is perceived and assigned, and sometimes it's an example of being unable to handle what the truth was because it's a very, very painful truth. So the reason I'm saying that is because we want to break this down a little bit. It's really important in betrayal recovery that we know how much is ours that we assigned to the situation to make it as bad as it is for us and how much is actually a betrayal that happened of a coveted agreement. So, And that's a fine line, isn't it? That can be pretty arbitrary and sometimes unspoken. And we're going to talk about that when we get to betrayal recovery in the last section of the show. So I want to give you a metaphor that will help you hold on to what we're talking about with betrayal. Let's say that your house burns down. And it's really important, in, like in dream work and in metaphorical work, that the house represents you. When you have a dream about an old, dilapidated house that needs a lot of repair and things are falling apart, uh, you're probably having a dream that you aren't taking care of yourself. In a house, in the, in the dream world, the attic is considered your spiritual awareness, your spiritual connection to God. The main part of the, your house is your um, earthly existence, your awareness of who you are in this plane. And the basement is considered your subconscious. So let's say your whole entire house burns down and you feel super betrayed. Now, the interesting thing is your house is burned down. We didn't say how. You know, in Northern California, wildfires have become devastating and humongous and create a lot of devastation. So let's say your house burned down from a wildfire. You're sad, you're upset, you're grieving, but you don't necessarily feel betrayed like somebody did that on purpose. Although there's a lot of assignment now, right now, for wildfires to lack of forest management. 
But let's say it's something that just happened and the house burned down. Betrayal is where you feel like someone you loved and trusted purposely burned down your house. With malice aforethought, with betrayal to you, with an inconsiderate movement of who your safety and your belongings and who might be in the house or not. That's what betrayal is. So the metaphor that your house burns down is very clear that betrayal makes you feel lost, ungrounded, like the roof over your head is leaking, like you don't have a good foundation under your feet. And betrayal really rocks your world. So if you feel like your house has been burned down, look and see, is it purposeful or was it an accidental thing? Because it makes a difference in how you recover. Now, don't get me wrong. Deep, profound loss really hurts, and it really rocks you to your soul. So we're going to talk about that today. That's just basically what is betrayal. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how betrayal wounds your heart and what it does to you. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. You're listening to the beautiful Native American flute music of Randy McGinnis. I could listen to his stuff for hours. In fact, you can. He has six CDs. He's on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, CD Baby, YouTube. Uh, type in Randy McGinnis, Native American flute. All six of his CDs are different, and they're stunningly beautiful and very relaxing. He always says, don't listen to my music and drive. You can, but it's still, it's very relaxing. Go to randymcginnis.com and check out his stuff. All right. We're, this is Dr. Patty, and we're talking about betrayal. So I want to talk about how betrayal wounds your heart, because I swear, betrayal feels like a knife in the gut. You, if you put your hand on your solar plexus right below your heart, that is actually, in energetic medicine, that is called your third chakra. And your third chakra, where your hand is right on your solar plexus, that is your connection to others. And when that connection has felt severed or torn or damaged, it feels like a knife in your gut, right there in your solar plexus. Um, So you feel gut punched. So it isn't just physical, but it's also emotional. Betrayal makes your heart hurt. It makes your gut feel like it's got a knife in it and makes your heart feel like you're breaking. So, obviously, I'm not talking about the little tiny things that we deal with, like maybe on a daily, weekly basis of feeling a little bit uh, dishonored or a little bit somebody didn't quite tell you the truth. And I'm talking about those big betrayals. One of the absolute biggest ones is an affair and a relationship. In fact, I have a whole podcast called Affair Recovery and another one called Why People Cheat. And those two are about the recovery from the betrayal of an affair. So you can get some very specific advice from those two. But when you feel betrayed by somebody you love and somebody you trust, these are some of the emotions you can feel. Grief, loss, anger, rage, 
shock. You can actually be shocked that somebody you felt would never hurt you like that hurt you. You can start looping on it. Uh, that's perseverating where you go over and over and over it. Uh, you get anxiety. Uh, how did this happen? When's it going to end? Oh, my gosh, what if they do more? You can feel super foolish, like almost stupid, that you didn't know, you didn't see, you didn't think it was coming, you didn't think they would ever hurt you. Uh, one of the things that I've said in my own head when I felt betrayed is, that's the last person I would ever have felt would have done that to me. So there's a lot of self-doubt. Why didn't I see? Why didn't I know? What was in my way of being able to tell this was coming? It can damage your self-esteem. But one of the most important things that betrayal hurts is your ability to trust. Because betrayal does not happen unless you trust somebody. Now, that's also how people say, I'll never be hurt again. I'm not trusting anyone ever again. And all that does is limit the love that's going to be experienced in your life. But how do you go back to trusting again? It's not easy, is it? But by the end of the show, I'm hoping to give you some tools that will let you begin to heal. But trust issues are huge when you feel betrayed. Because you let someone in, you were vulnerable, you trusted them, you put your faith in them that they would never harm you, and they did. And now you feel burned. Let's go back to that metaphor of the burning house. You start to feel like they purposely lit my house on fire, and that house represents you. When you feel burned and pushed away and violated and betrayed, you feel rejected. One of the biggest things that will go through your head when you feel betrayed is, I thought that person loved me. I thought they would have my back. I would have told you that that would be the last person who would purposely betray me. I counted on that person's loyalty. And you feel rejected. Why didn't they love me enough to not do that? Or to hold me in higher regard? Or to have my back and protect me? Rejection is actually about feeling abandoned. You reject me because you don't love me enough, which means you left me. In order to betray somebody, you have to leave their side. So let's look at that metaphorical concept. If I trust you and bring you into my inner sanctum of my heart, I am viewing that you are standing on the same side with me. In order to betray me, you have to step away from me and step away from my heart, and step away from caring about me enough. Now, let's go back to the idea that this is not what happens with truth-telling. Sometimes when you tell people the truth, they don't like it, and they get mad. Uh, let me give you an example. I had a case not that long ago with a family that had a parent who was going into dementia, and there were four siblings in the family, and they were trying to figure out how they were going to take care of this. It was not a particularly wealthy family at all. There was no long-term care insurance. There was only um, Medicare that the parent had. I believe it was a dad. Um, and there was no place to place this person. So one of the four kids or all of the four kids were going to have to step up and take care of this ailing parent. 
Well, three of the siblings got together and decided that the fourth sibling should take that parent because she wasn't married and didn't have kids. So they went to her and said, we've all decided that it's best for our dad if you take him to your house and you take care of him. She came in to see me. That's the person I saw because she felt horrible. She felt guilty. She didn't feel up to taking care of him. And here's the the difficult part. She had been molested by her dad when she was young. Never told anybody about it. The siblings didn't know about it. Uh, The mom knew about it but said it didn't happen. Um, The mom was now deceased. So she had issues with the father. Didn't want him to be living in her home. The siblings put that on her without even asking. And she felt horribly betrayed. Then on top of that, she felt guilty and mean and selfish and all sorts of stuff. So when she came into my office, she was just reeling with how do I handle this. She had to go back to the three siblings and learn how to stand in her truth. All three of her other siblings got furious at her for finally talking about how the dad molested her and for standing up and saying, I can't have that in my home, and it doesn't matter that I'm not married and I don't have kids. This is not right. It's not fair. It's not right for me. The other three siblings stopped talking to her. So look at all the betrayal that's happening in there and all the silence and all the shoving stuff away. And at the very least, the horribleness of having an elderly parent with dementia and nobody able to take care of them. And if you think a Medicare home is easy to find for someone with no money and just Medicare and supplemental for dementia, you better start researching it now because it's not the truth. It's very hard to find placement for that. So, But can, you can see how she felt really, really betrayed by three siblings that she thought she was close to and would always have her back and care for her. So what a complicated scenario, right? And that's the interesting thing about betrayal is it is often super complicated. It's not as simple as you told me you wouldn't and you did, although it can be that simple, but it's often very convoluted. So the issue that's happening with betrayal is that your trust is violated. When you are calm and comfortable in a relationship and you're feeling connected to somebody, there's an element of trust there. And you can tell that that is a place of love. If you listen to my other podcast, you learn how I talk about a place of love and a place of fear. When we are in a place of love with somebody, we're trusting. We're calm. We're comfortable. There's not a lot of strife and heartache. It doesn't mean things are perfect. But there's trust that you can kind of lean on, and that is security. When betrayal happens, you are immediately flipped into fear. You are flipped into mistrust. I do not trust you any longer, and that makes me afraid. What are we afraid of? Afraid we're not good enough? Afraid you didn't love us enough? Afraid I loved you more than you loved me because I would never have done that to you? So you feel rejected. You feel abandoned. Part of you feel like your heart is dying. Your heart's breaking in half. It is a physical, emotional, spiritual pain that is devastating. Those of you that are dealing with trust right now absolutely know what I'm talking about. It's incredible. Because when we're talking about trust versus mistrust, we're talking about loyalty versus betrayal. All right? Loyalty must be perceived 
or implied or explicitly be stated, I am loyal to you. I have your back. In the military, they say, I've got your six, which means I am your six is your back. Twelve is your front. Three is your right hand. Six is your back. Nine is your left hand. Twelve is your front. So when somebody tells you they've got your six, they're telling you, I have your back. That means I'm not moving away from having your back. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to not protect you. I will stand up and be loyal to you. So in order for there to be betrayal, that loyalty must be there either explicitly, that you've said it out loud, or implied. Okay? Or it's part of your training. In the military, the military personnel are trained to have each other's backs. That's how they do formation. That's how they go into battle. That's how they do things. They have coverage for each other. And that training is very explicit on how they should do that. So when there is that loyalty, loyalty brings trust. Betrayal breaks trust. Just a couple examples of betrayal. Affairs. Breaking promises. Passive-aggressive behaviors. I say I'll do one thing, but I do another. Lies. Manipulation. Delivering you unto the hands of the enemy. Turning you in. Um, tattling. Back, you know, getting you in trouble on purpose. So, betrayal is an act of deliberate disloyalty. All right, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about how betrayal alters your life. Because once you recognize how your life is altered, we can begin to heal it. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patty. We're talking about betrayal. In this section, I want to talk about how betrayal alters your life. Betrayal is, I swear, it's one of the most painful things somebody can go to, through. So how does how do you deal with that pain? And what does that pain do to alter your life? One of the things I see the most in my private practice is people try to shove that pain under. For starters, they're embarrassed that they have it. They feel foolish. I was dumb. I didn't get it. I didn't see it coming. Uh, I trusted you and I shouldn't. And so they try to shove it under. And just get mad and pretend it's not there. I'll tell you, in the Jewish religion, um, my husband that passed away, Rich, was Jewish. And there is nothing like somebody who is culturally Jewish to feel betrayed and slam a door. When Rich would feel betrayed by somebody, he would slam a door and would never even say your name again. He he was a master at it. In fact, he should have given lessons. <laughs> but it didn't necessarily mean it was healthy. So some people try to do that. They want to slam a door, never see the person again, never talk about it, never think about it. And they want to act like it's not there. Well, my experience with that technique is that it really doesn't work. I'm giving a pause there because I want you to think about that. Shoving betrayal under doesn't work. It doesn't fix it. It doesn't heal you. It doesn't make you better in the future. And it doesn't teach anybody anything. All it does is let you pretend that it didn't happen. And then you're altered. Betrayal alters you. Betrayal has altered me in my life. It alters you. If it's going to alter you and you're going to grow and be better, you've got to hold the dog poop. And I don't always call it poop, but my producer would 
beat me if I called it what I really call it. So you got to hold the dog poop. It's nasty, stinky, horrible stuff that betrayal brings. And you have to hold it and you have to look at it. So the first thing we're going to do is say, what do you do with the pain? How do you shove it under? People shove it under physically. And they'll end up with stomach aches, um, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, body aches where just everything's hurting. They'll all of a sudden feel almost crippled. Like, oh, I just don't even want to get out of bed. Everything hurts. I've got a headache. And it comes with exhaustion. Emotional exhaustion can create physical exhaustion almost immediately. So what do people do with this physical pain of betrayal when they shove it under? They try to fix it. Drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, smoking all the time, trying to numb it with nicotine, um, acting out sexually, uh, shopping, gambling, excessive eating, food. Um, for example, let's, let's talk about this. You're dealing with exhaustion, so you're drinking a whole lot of caffeine. You're eating a whole lot of sugar stuff because what the hell, you're upset anyway. Um, so now you're gaining weight and you're exhausted and the caffeine's working a number on your stomach and uh, it's not good for you in terms of heart palpitations and you're, you're just feeling horrible. Caffeine also fuels anxiety. So now you've got this downward spiral of emotional and physical dis-ease and it is not helpful to your recovery. So the first thing I want you to look at is when I have felt betrayed or if I'm still struggling with a betrayal, I don't care if it was last week, 10 years ago, or 50 years ago, you'll know what betrayal I'm talking about. If you still hold on to that betrayal, I want you to ask yourself, what has that betrayal done to me physically? And answer the questions, okay? Did it stop you from exercising? Did it keep you from going to yoga? Did it... Um, make you get rid of your bicycle? What did it do that changed you physically? Did you go back to smoking when you had stopped before? Did you increase your alcohol intake? Those are all things that can affect you physically. So take a complete moral inventory of that. How has the betrayal affected my physical body? All right, let's look at how it has affected you emotionally. Because betrayal is an immediate emotional huge thing. It's like a bomb going off inside of you. Depression, anxiety, and acting out. Acting out is part of the emotional consequence of betrayal. Acting out are things like blaming. Blaming everybody around you. Blaming somebody else that they didn't tell you that you were being betrayed. Blaming the other person for not following on perceived or explicit agreements. Um, Pulling away the silent treatment. In fact, silent treatment is so huge. I'm actually, that's what the show is going to be on next weekend. I'm calling it silent treatment. Um, so how do you act out when you feel betrayed? Um, like I was saying, my husband Rich would do because he was culturally Jewish. He'd slam a door. You, he, you couldn't even get him to look at you. It's like you became dead to him if he felt betrayed. And any betrayal to his family, like if, if he felt that he, you had betrayed me or our kids or something like that, he could slam a door on you, which is the ultimate of silent treatment. And that was how he would handle that. And even getting him to talk about it was difficult. So what do you do to act out to emotionally handle the devastra devastation of betrayal. It's really important because it alters your life. 
All right, let's look at what happens spiritually. It's interesting to me that when people feel like bad things happen, some people can feel forsaken. Forsaken means God has stopped loving me. That's your perception. So it's interesting they don't feel that happens when something good happens to them. They win the lottery. They don't say, I feel forsaken, right? They say, God's smiling on me. So if you feel like God wasn't watching out for you and you feel spiritually wrecked from a betrayal, you've got to stop and look at how you view your spirituality. Do you believe that God rewards and God punishes and that if you've been betrayed, God is punishing you? And if God punishes you and you feel it's unfair, do you feel forsaken by God? So I'm I'm not trying to be your minister. I'm not trying to give you religious training. I'm asking you to stop and say, what are my spiritual beliefs? What do I believe when something good or something bad happens to me? And I want to give you a way to possibly look at this differently. If we look at things that happen to us as gifts... And we look at, if we want to put it in that spiritual context, let's say God gives us a gift. My perception of that is God didn't wrap up this gift and says, here's a nasty one for Joe over there, and here's a good one for Sally over here, and here's a really bad one for Patty over there. And I don't think God does that. I think God wraps up gifts and hands them to us to unwrap. We have to unwrap them ourselves, and we have to find the gift that God is giving us. And those are gifts for our awareness, for our growth, for a change, for making us evolve, possibly making us move on when maybe that's what would have been appropriate. So if we spiritually believe that we're given adversity, and we're given good things, but we're given adversity to grow. Now I'll tell you, in my private practice in 34 years and in my own life, people grow from adversity. I have yet to see somebody come into my office and say, everything is absolutely wonderful. I am so happy. Everything is perfect in my life, and I need to be here in therapy. Nope, that's not usually when they seek help. People grow from adversity. And if we look at that adversity as a gift, it helps. We realize that at no time are we being forsaken. We are being challenged. We're being gifted. We're being taught to look at something in a different way. Now, that doesn't mean that betrayal doesn't suck. Betrayal is horrible. It, I think the worst things I've been through in my life have been betrayal. And that's really interesting because I've been through some pretty nasty stuff in my life. And the times that I have felt like I truly trusted somebody, brought them into my heart, loved them unconditionally, and I'm good at loving unconditionally, and loving and having someone else's back, I'm good at that. And if someone has done that wrong to me, that really hurts because I feel like I have given my all. I very seldom love a little bit. I love completely. And so the people that do that and that have implicitly expected that back from people they've let into their hearts can be betrayed. And and that's difficult because sometimes we find out that we we trusted somebody too much and it wasn't earned. Now think about that for a minute. It doesn't make it your fault that they betrayed you, but the fact that you let them in deeper than maybe they had the wherewithal to do or the capability, the mental capability, or they didn't really 
mean it? You meant it for them? And that's interesting because sometimes we imply the agreement. We assume that the loyalty is there when it really isn't and it hasn't been expressly said out loud. But we feel betrayed. And betrayal takes us to our knees. It feels like a knife in the gut and a broken heart. So betrayal alters our life because we start to evaluate everything else that is happening. It's, uh, do we trust others? How do we keep on going? How do we enter into a business contract again when a business partner has betrayed us? How do you get married again? How do you fall in love again? How do you have another best friend? It's, we feel burned and altered when betrayal happens to us. And that's sad. We grieve. We're lost. You cry. It takes you to your knees. And sometimes, no matter what you do to try to recover from it, it seems like you can't rise up. Um, it, to me, betrayal feels like drowning. And you're just trying to come up from air, for air and survive. And sometimes you need a hand up. That's important. So we're going to go to break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about betrayal recovery. So get a pencil and paper and let's take a couple notes. We're going to break. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, Dr. Patty. We're talking about betrayal. And I want to talk a little bit about how do we recover from betrayal? Because I would tell you in my private practice, the most stuck people that I see that have trouble moving forward are the ones that feel hugely betrayed. It just takes them to their knees in terms of pain. But it also makes them extremely frightened of going forward. The pain is so severe that they don't want to feel that pain again. You know, we're, our brains are wired that way. You touch the hot stove, you pull your hand away. That's usually sufficient training for most people not to touch the hot stove again because they don't want to feel the blistered hand. So how do you go back into risk getting hurt again? Betrayal is not just about recovery. Recovery is about how do we face risk and what's the worst that can happen. So we go back to our metaphor of betrayal burning down the house, and that house is you, right? So how do we rebuild the house? Now, one important thing is what burned down? Did just the attic burn down, your spiritual connection? Did your basement burn down where you feel like you are, your subconscious is like giving you messages of unworthiness and all of that, and you can't quite put your finger on what you're upset about? That would be your subconscious. Did the whole house burn down? Often with extreme betrayal, you just feel leveled, devastated. In fact, those are the words people use. It leveled me. It took me to my knees. It devastated me. It changed who I was. I've never been the same since. I've never looked at relationships the same. I've never had a best friend again. Those are the things that happen and the words that I hear when people feel betrayed. So one of the first things we've got to do is recognize that betrayal creates grief and loss. Grief because you actually lose something that was important to you. Because if it wasn't important to you, 
you wouldn't feel this bad. You might say, like let's say it's a business deal that goes bad. You might say, well, I'm not doing business with him again. But you don't feel necessarily betrayed. You just feel like you've increased your awareness of something important. When it's someone you deeply love, like a spouse, partner, best friend, sibling, parent, then the hurt rips your heart and it feels differently. So we have to grieve that loss of what we thought the relationship was. So when we look at those stages of grief, they don't necessarily go in this order. Of all the grief work I've done on myself and on people over 34 years, these are the stages that are within grieving, and they can be all over the place, and they don't have to be in this order. Um, the stages are denial, bargaining, like if only you make this not have happened, I'll, go, I'll be the best wife, or I'll, I'll be the best friend of that person, or don't let this have happened, I can't believe this happened, that's bargaining. Um, anger, anger sometimes rage, depression, and acceptance. Now, my experience with grief personally and with the many people that I've done is they, they often start with denial. No, 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 this didn't happen. Please don't let it happen. Then they get mad. And anger and depression go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then they begin to move into acceptance that this happened, but they still are often angry and depressed. So the interesting thing about betrayal is when they come in to get some help, therapeutic help, they are often real stuck in anger, depression, and the acceptance they've come to is, I have accepted that I can never trust anyone again. That's a different kind of acceptance. What we're looking for is a different, healthier kind of acceptance. So let's go, how do we find that? So you go through stages of grieving, and you're probably still doing that. But it does take time to heal. Grief and loss and betrayal is not something you get over in an hour or overnight. Now, we say that time heals all wounds, and I don't think that's exactly true. How you work the wound, how you move toward healing it, is what heals the betrayal. So it does take time, but how much time? It takes as long as it takes. One of the things that has to happen with betrayal recovery is you have to stand in your truth. Now, I have a whole podcast on standing in your truth. You can go to my podcast on uh, Anchor, like the boat Anchor, Anchor. A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Or you can listen to my podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and any podcast forum. Type in Dr. Patricia Bay, Therapy in a Nutshell podcast. And look for the podcast called Stand in Your Truth. When you feel betrayed, you have to ask yourself, what exact, how exactly did they betray me? Did they not have my back? Did they hand me over to the enemy? Did they, what'd they do that made me feel betrayed? And you have to be able to say it out loud to yourself. If you can't put it into words, if you couldn't write down a sentence of exactly how you feel betrayed by that person, you're being too vague and too arbitrary. So once you've stood in your truth, you have to decide if that person is worth saving or not. Now, that's really interesting, isn't it? This is a person you've loved a ton. You've let them into your heart. Do you want to work this relationship out and make it whole? In my um, my book, Chapter 2 is on trusting levels, and I also talk about trust in one of my podcasts. When you've let somebody into a most intimate level of your trust, which is I call Level 5, intimacy, there is either an unwritten contract or a spoken contract that says 
we love each other enough that we will duke anything out. We will fight it out. We will preserve this relationship at all costs. It doesn't mean you don't get mad or that something doesn't happen that hurts you, but you love the person enough to duke it out and stay. So what happens if you are willing to say, let's talk about this? I feel betrayed by you or you feel betrayed by me, but I value this relationship enough for us to talk it through. And they say no. Or you say no. They didn't value the relationship as deeply as you did. And that's painful in itself. I thought we had the type of friendship that would never end. I thought we could work through anything. And you won't. And you're not. So that's a whole nother level of betrayal that is happening on top of the original betrayal. Will you talk it out and work it out? And the person doesn't value the relationship enough to do that is a whole nother level of betrayal. So you've got to stop and say, why is this betrayal happening? And what does it mean to me? And what is my truth about it? And then you have to stop and recognize whether, whether you projected your desires and expectations on to the other person without express agreement. Like if you have been betrayed in your marriage and you have marital vows and you've had lots of conversations about how you'll never cheat on each other like your exes did or, you know, whatever, you feel like you have not only a spoken agreement but an understood agreement that you won't betray each other. That you're not just projecting your thoughts and feelings onto that person. You've actually talked about it. But lots of times betrayal happens when it's kind of unspoken. We're best friends. We've always said we'd have each other's back. And then you turn around and betray me. That betrayal cuts really, really deep. But did I project that onto you? Or is that something you truly said to me? You've got to stop and... I'm sorry, I hit my mic. You've got to stop and understand whether you've done that or not. Because you might feel betrayed by your projection of what you thought was going to happen, not what the other person thought. The other thing in rebuilding from betrayal is to recognize that you can go forward in relationships and set different boundaries. You might not have had very tight boundaries before. And again, it does not make the betrayal your fault. But, for example, let's say that you have um, a relationship with somebody, whether it's a friend, a coworker, a sibling, whatever, and you've always told each other the truth you've owned your own mistakes or somebody has come to you and said, I made a mistake. I'm so sorry. I want to tell you about it. And you have accepted that and you've set boundaries with each other of what would happen like that. Um, and you trust each other enough to tell each other the truth. Then those, that, those are examples of boundaries in relationships. Don't lie to me. Tell me the truth. And here's the other one. If I come to you and tell you the truth, are you going to kill the messenger? I see that happen all the time. Somebody comes to tell you something that's the truth about something they see going on and you hate them for it because you feel like it's a betrayal that they didn't have your back. They saw something wrong in you. But is that a betrayal or is that you not being able to handle what the truth was when it came to you? So have you ever killed the messenger? Killing the messenger is a betrayal. I didn't trust you enough to tell me the truth. And I said you were mean to me when you did that. So look how complicated betrayal is. It's huge, you guys. So 
you've got to stop and say, what am I grieving? What are my losses? What did I expect? What do I expect in the future? And how do I go forward in love again? How do I trust in a business contract again? How do I trust a sibling again or a parent who's betrayed you? How do I trust a friend that was supposed to be my best friend and have my back and turned on me instead? How do you ever have another best friend again? So you've got to feel it. You've got to sit in the sadness. You've got to think of what you actually lost and how you feel about that. And you have to ask yourself, what would I do differently? Now, here's the gift of betrayal. The gift isn't for the other person. The gift is for us. When we get betrayed, you need to picture that a gift was wrapped up by God and handed to you and said, here, you need to look at this. And it sucks, and it hurts, and it's horrible. But what was the gift? In other words, what did you learn about you? Did you trust too much? Did you give too much leeway? Did you not set boundaries? Did you have unfair expectations? Did you, did you feel like you were assigning things to that friend that they never agreed to? That might be the gift. Because once you recognize what your part of the lesson is, then you can begin to go forward and trust again. And I'd like to tell you that you won't feel burned. Like, let's say it's your best friend that betrayed you and you don't want to have a best friend again. You don't want to let anybody in that close. And understand that because you're not going to forget that hurt. Moving forward is not about forgetting. And forgiving is not about letting go and not thinking of it anymore. The forgiving actually is the forgiving of yourself. If you felt like you were dumb to trust that person or you didn't see that betrayal coming and you were foolish, if you can recognize that it's a lesson you were learning and you're going to go forward with your eyes open more wide and take things a little slower and not assume trust and loyalty, you're going to be more explicit in speaking out loud about that, then you have received a gift And you have grown and matured and altered who you are to become a person who's more developed. So go to my podcast on Standing in Your Truth. Listen to the podcast on trust and on a fair recovery if what you're dealing with is relationship betrayal. And recognize that betrayal can be the gift that helps you grow and move forward in your life to love again. This is Dr. Patty. Dr. Patricia Bay, and I hope that if you've been betrayal, betrayed, I wish for you that your heart will heal. And I'm just trying to heal the world one hour at a time.
The news from Town Hall is brought to you on KCNR Shasta Reading by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Your life, your health, your choice. Shasta Regional Medical Center.